He writes for CentralMaine.com. Travis Barrett joining us. And uh, Travis, first of all, I know you've been covering some high school hockey recently and that Waterville Winslow boys co-op team there in Class B, the Kennebec Riverhawks, pretty impressive right now. Tell us a little bit about what they've been doing and Gardner as well in Class B South. Yeah, I think um, Class B North is kind of an interesting deal because it's um, – I think it's going to be when they get to – when they finally get around to, to the playoffs, I think there's um, there's a bunch of teams that on any given night can beat each other. So I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be – it'll be a fun little tournament. I mean, granted, there's only – I think it's only six or seven teams that, that qualify, but I still feel like it's there's, there's some good teams at the top, um, you know, teams uh, up north, Old Town Orno and um, – you know they're certainly capable of being Camden Hills. I see Camden Hills a couple times this year. They're they're really good, really fast, but they seem to be a little bit inconsistent. I think one thing that um, the Waterville Winslow Co-op has is they've got some depth that they didn't have last year. They've got some versatility, and I think that makes it. Um, you know, our coach was telling me yesterday that they um, kind of like the idea they can. They've got some forwards that can play defense, which is kind of where they're young. So. You know, even from period to period, shift to shift, game to game, um, you don't really know who's going to play where, but but they also sort of like that because it gives them a few different looks and options. And I think, you know, for Gardner, um, you know, in B-South, that's a team last year that only won three games. They were super young. I mean, they were almost all freshmen and sophomores. They had some upperclassmen that um, opted to play junior hockey instead of playing for the school team last year. And they really, I mean, I think the year prior they had, you know, for the first time in a decade, they had um, finished as the number one seed in Class B South, and then they went up to last year, and they only won three out of 18 games. And so I think um, it's a little bit surprising they bounced back as quickly as they have, and they have some good wins over um, York and Brunswick and some teams that have traditionally been pretty good in that league. So I think, you know, considering I went into the year not thinking that the high school teams here would fare very well. I think it's been a nice surprise here right at the midpoint of the season to have a couple of teams that um, could make deep tournament runs, especially in Class B. Well, yeah, Waterville, uh, Winslow, I'm looking at the schedule right now. They did lose to Old Town Orono earlier this year. I know Old Town yeah. Orono, obviously, defending state champions. Uh, who do you think is the most likely team to possibly uh, dethrone them, I suppose? Well, that's a good question. I think they're not as good as they were. Mm. I think that um, I, I don't think there's any doubt that they are not as, uh, as they, they, they were really deep last year. I mean, that's the one thing I remember about them was that you would watch them and um, you weren't always sure. You know, if you weren't paying attention, I should say, it was hard to it was hard to differentiate between their top two or three lines. Even. Like they could they could go pretty deep. So I think um, I think they're probably not. I think they've got a they've got a tough road. I know their record's good, but if I I'm telling you, if I had to pick a team to come out of B North, I I really like that Camden Hills team. I think if they get some goaltending and they get some secondary scoring, I think they're going to be really tough to beat. I know they're they're you know they're they're they're, they're number one in the heel points right now. Again, a lot of that's going to shake out. And, and sometimes with hockey, you got to be a little bit careful because. Um, you know, the teams play very different schedules, you know, in terms of their crossovers with, with A-teams and even some of their regional games. So um, I got to be a little bit careful, but I do think, for me, Camden Hills has the kind of talent that you just can't um, – that's going to be really hard to contain. You know, Charlie Grebel is, is only a sophomore. He played like a senior. Um, 
he missed most of last year um, with an injury after getting off to a really good start. He missed almost the entire middle portion of their season, and they never really hit a rhythm. But I think I, if I had to pick, if I had to pick, I, I would probably pick Cameron Hills. Okay. I know, I know Waterville Winslow just lost to them by a goal. And, um, Waterville Winslow doesn't feel like they played their best game, but, you know, having not seen it, I, I'm not sure Cam Hills played their best game either. Because I saw Camden Hills beat Gardner earlier this year, and they just looked like world beaters. Mm. They were, especially you get on power play. I think they scored four power play goals that night. They just, they've got that kind of talent, and they can really push the pace. And I think in Class B, that makes a huge difference. If you can play at a really high tempo, um, you know, you're ahead of uh, 80% of the teams there. Gotcha. And then how about the, on the basketball scene in the CentralMaine.com coverage area, what, what have you noticed from high school basketball in that area right now recently? Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time, especially in basketball, um, I spent a lot of time, with, you know, covering the girl side of things. Um, nobody's really, you know, it's funny. I think if there's one, if there's one story that I would, Maybe two. The two stories I would look at, I would look at uh, Scout Hegan, undefeated in Class A North. Um, they're a, a group of seniors now who have been together since they were freshmen, played varsity as freshmen, as sophomores, took a lot of lumps. Uh, Mike LeBlanc knew what he had, knew what he was kind of playing for. It's so far gone according to script. But this is their one shot. I mean, I think aside from a kid like Sydney Ames, they are a senior-laden crew, and I think this is the year if they're going to do it, um, if they're going to beat the Hammonds. And, and Matt Blonsky's not as good as they were either. But I think if if, if Hagen's going to do it, this is the year they have to do it. So they're going to be really fun to watch here. But you know, I, I don't even know if the second half of the year is, is the right thing to say. I think really for them it's all about um, the tournament. You know, what is that tournament week going to look like for them? And, um, that's, you know, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's kind of what they're going to be judged on because they've been building towards it. And I think the other side, you know, of the girls' equation in Class B, North, is that Winslow's the defending state champion. They're almost entirely intact this year. I think they lost Haley Ward, who was our Morning Sentinel Player of the Year. I thought she didn't get enough credit all year for, for what she did. She was kind of undersized, but she provided the inside presence for that team. They kind of hit a rough patch here where they just don't look in sync most nights. They, they, they play well for four or five minutes, and then they, they don't play well for four or five minutes. And I think I think with a new coach in Brenda Beckwith, while Brenda's a veteran of, of coaching high school basketball, I just for whatever reason, they, they started out really strong, and then they just they lost to Waterville in a close game, and it's just kind of not been the same for them. So I think... You know, I, I really kind of want to keep an eye on them in the second half of the year and see if they can kind of get on a rhythm like they did last year. Because while it was surprising last year they went all the way and won the state championship, it wasn't shocking. They had talent, and they played really well as a unit. And, and Lindsey Whitby had them playing as a, as a team, playing for each other, all kind of those sports cliches. So I think, you know, in our area, I think that's the other story I'm kind of looking at. So I'm looking at the halves and Skowhegan and the – not quite have not in, in Winslow to kind of see how, um, you know, January and February go for those two teams. For sure. And then uh, switching over to professional sports a little bit, I know last time, one of the earlier times we had you on, I actually was not aware, I should have been aware, that you're not a Patriots fan. You don't like oh. the Patriots. You hate the Patriots. I'm curious, though, because you're, you're a big Red Sox fan, Bruins. Uh, what What is the origins of this uh, Patriots uh, hatred? 
we don't have enough time to <laughs> even get into that. Um, I, I, the, the very cliff note version is that I actually grew up a Patriots fan. Oh, okay. and, uh, and it was around the time they hired Bill Parcells, and I believe, um, granted I'm getting old, but um, the Red Sox were really good at that time for the first time in a long time, and I think it was right around that 95 season where um, I think I think it was 95, that the Red Sox won the division yes. for the first time since 87. Now, we gotta, now for all you young kids out there, that's before the days of the wild card. You had to win the division to make the playoffs. Um, and in, a, in an area where it had always been a Red Sox town, the Red Sox were having this remarkable summer, and all the talk was Bill Parcells and the Patriots. It was in the infancy of, like, 24-hour sports radio and, and newspaper coverage and all that, and it was all Patriots, and I just, that, that planted the seed. Now, some other stuff happened later on, but, you know, but, I, but to me, that was the <laughs> beginning of my real, that was the end of the Patriots as far as I was concerned, like, because the Red Sox have always been my first love, and they always will be, and um, I just I just got disgusted, and so every year it just kind of builds and builds and builds. So. Yeah, 95, that was the, that was the Mo Vaughn MVP year. Patriots fan. <laughs> I'm not, I think you're the world at large. Um, I think that it's not, I'm not talking about how many games they win or lose every year. What I'm talking about is that they go into every season with a 66% chance, essentially, of <laughs> making the conference championship game because nobody in their division is ever or has ever competed realistically in the last decade. Hey, that's not their fault. The title. It's not that they win six games right out of the gate every year. It's the fact that they can gear themselves towards we don't have to worry about that game on September 7th because we're going to win a division. We just have to be ready to play when it comes around. And, of course, yeah, sure, the, the, it helps, but you're missing the divisional round every – I mean, the wild card round every year because your division's so bad. No, no one in your division is going to win 10 games, ever. Hey, so, come on. Look at the NFC East this year. Come on. Same exact thing. Nobody. Uh, listen, Anybody that wants... But, but, but no, it's not It's not the same exact thing, and I'll tell you why. Because um, you can't, over the years, historically, because you take, you're taking one year, right? But we're talking about, if we're going to gloat about these three appearances, 
Um, hey, Travis, not their fault. For a while, but the Cowboys and the Eagles and even the Giants, once in a while, it's no sure thing going into any year which of those teams is going to win the division. So that becomes a real struggle. And I think for the Patriots, it's just you know they're going to win the division. We know they're going to win the division next year. We don't even know if Brady and Gronk are going to play next year. <laughs> we know the Patriots are going to win the division. Well, that's probably so, true. Yeah, it's not our fault. So, that... It's not our fault no, 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 the Jets. No. no one's saying it's your fault. No one's saying the Patriots aren't good. What I'm saying is we're gloating over a one-game road to the AFC Championship game every year. One game. We're going to win one game. Not a series, not three games, not a war of attrition to get there over a month. You just got to win one game. So uh, what's your take on uh, Chiefs-Pats then? Obviously you're rooting for the Chiefs, but if you try to be oh, neutral. The Pats are going to blow them out. The Pats are going to win by 48 points. Um, it's going to be like 54 to 6 at halftime. It's going to be huddled up under some covers somewhere in the back corner of my basement. Um, <laughs> Try to jinx them, I think. But if there's any, but I'll tell you what, if there's any silver lining, this is, this is what I'm seeing brewing. So you can say you saw it here, you heard it here first. Now, if uh-huh. it doesn't happen, I'm, I'm going to claim I never said it. Uh-huh. Um, We're recording it. I, I'm sort of looking, I'm looking at Patriots, Rams, Super Bowl. Rams win, the end of the Patriots dynasty, it comes full circle against the Rams. Oh, there we go. I can live with that result. All right, there we go. Hey, Travis, what yeah. uh, are the Giants going to draft a quarterback? What's the future look like there? What are they going to do? I don't know. I, I can't. I mean, I haven't looked at them since the end of September. Are they, still, are they, did they get relegated to, like, the real league yet? Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know with them. I can't. I, you know, I was reading, you're trying to read between the tea leaves, right? Like at the end of the year when they talk about how, like, well, everything's on the table for us. And we had a long heart-to-heart with Eli. So if you had a heart-to-heart with Eli, that tells me you basically told him, listen, we don't know how much longer you have left. But you won't come out and say, we're going quarterback because we need to start building for the future now. I feel like when I watch that team, I, I look, I give Eli a ton of credit. In fact, I think... I'm not saying he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever played the game, but he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP, and I think that that doesn't matter, right? We talk about you've got to win championships. It's all about the ring, and he's done that, but it's been a long time now, and I just feel like when I watch him, he's not quick enough. He doesn't get rid of the ball fast enough. It's Everything has to be perfect in order for him to succeed, and I think when we look at the best quarterbacks in football, they're able to, when things don't go well, they're able to kind of rise above that. I look at Philip Rivers the other day. Like it was obvious he was frustrated, but he didn't rise above it. He didn't do anything beyond, right. you know, he's a he's a. I don't, it might be unfair, but it's like, look, his regular season stats are always going to be good. But what has he done when it matters? Like he gets frustrated, and, sh- and a veteran yeah. like that—that's not a second-year quarterback. He shouldn't be that frustrated right. visibly. I mean, I understand he's frustrated, but you got to be able to work through it. That's kind of what your job is. So. I, Long story short, I won't be shocked if they draft a quarterback or or maybe trade for one of these young guys not getting, you know, it, it turned out not to be the future somewhere else. I don't know. But I do think they, they have to seriously consider a, another year of Eli, maybe, but you better have the you better have the next man operate behind him. I just think you're at that point now. Would you go after Kyler Murray? Uh that's a good question. I don't know. I, I can't say. I mean, nothing. I I, I, I wouldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Is that fair? Is that a, is that a total cop out? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't. Uh. Five nine, cannon for an arm, fast. 
but five nine. I I don't know if he would make it in New York, right? Because I just think that's such a weird that's such a weird market. And I think, but look, whoever you get is going to be a young, untested quarterback, and you're going to be expected to be the answer for everything. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's right. We we understand that's an issue. I mean, their offensive line has to be better. Their defense has to play like. They've got to meet. They've got to meet the talent they supposedly have on that side of the ball. They've got to play like that. It's just they're so weird. They're just ugh. like some of the games. Like the games that they won in the second half of the year. Sometimes you looked at them and go, "What's been the problem all year? This looks amazing." And then you go out the next week when like you still have playoff hopes, and you just get run off the field in the rain. Like just ugh, gross. Stop, please go away. <laughs> so. What what do you got planned here uh, coverage wise this week uh, on CentralMaine.com? What can we look forward to? Let's see. I ha- oh, I do have Dowhegan uh, and Gardner Girls on Thursday night. I think that's a real test for Gardner. I think the Gardner Girls are having a really good year, but I think they're they're going to play a really top flight team here, and I think that's going to be um, an interesting look for them. So that's I think that might be it. Is that all I'm covering this week? That doesn't sound right. I think it is. I think it is. They have this weekend off. So almost a week off. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I got the weekend. Yeah. So, but and, and of course we're in that weird spell too, where uh, like the high school schedules are kind of we've hit that stretch in January where they get all messed up. You can kind of rely on the Tuesday Friday heavy schedules, and now we're kind of we're getting into that time of year where with exams and stuff. It, That's right. They got exams. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really predict what you know. The games don't fall quite so neatly anymore. So I don't. I don't know. I, I think that's it. I just been quiet. It's been kind of quiet. Um, winter, man. You know, it's like yeah, eighteen below outside. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I, like, I think I got a cough. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> but I think that's what I think that's what uh, that's kind of what's on tap. I think um, college hockey teams or Maine's off. Thank God they could use a break. Um, although they're playing. They're playing tomorrow night at BC, and then they have a Monday game, Monday afternoon against UNH. And then uh, Colby's on the road. They could probably stand to get away. January's not been good to them here. Again, historically, January's a brutal month for them. It's continuing to be. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I I remember saying in the fall, I say it every season, I get to a point where I've seen most of the teams that, you know, that – that I'm tasked with seeing, and now I'm just ready for playoffs. Like now I'm just ready for the games to matter because I'm not a, I'm not a big game guy. Oh, this is a big game. Like, eh, I don't know. Does the loser go home for the season or not? That's a big game. Other than that, eh, it's just the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready for playoffs. I'm ready for playoffs. There you have it. All right, he is Travis Barrett from CentralMaine.com. You can follow him on Twitter at tbarrettgwc. Travis, thanks so much for joining us today on the B-List. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, go Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. See you, Travis. Thanks, Travis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Travis Barrett on the B-List.